Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm Kevin Daisy, and I'll be your host. Today, I got a really cool guest coming out of Denver, Colorado, David Crum. Welcome to the show. Kevin, thank you for having me. This really is the highlight of my week, and I'm not just sucking up. I love I love talking about this kind of stuff. Extra credit. So, yeah, I, I mean, this is for me. Like, um, I record sometimes a few times a week, but sometimes just once a week. So, yeah, I look forward to, to doing this as much as I can, having gotten these kind of conversations. I love business. I love growing my business. And then, of course, you know, getting to talk with folks like yourself about how you're growing your business and obviously, specifically, law firms. And just hoping that anyone that listens in can can pick up some tips, tricks, know what you're up to, what you're doing, and, and see if they can apply that to their law firm. So it's always trying to bring great guests. If you're listening in, you think you're a good guest, reach out. We'll try to get, get you connected. So, well, David, let's jump into it. Learn more about you, what you're up to. Tell us your story. How'd you get to be where you are? Why'd you become an attorney? Oh, geez. Yeah, I'm going to keep this short because there's a lot to talk about. And the last thing you want to hear about is me. But I started, you know, I've never had, I say that I've never had a real legal job because I came out of law school and started a practice. I was 26 years old. This is all I've ever done. I started in New Mexico, like most people do, you know, built a local practice, eventually leveraged myself out of the practice. And then I had decisions to make about what I wanted to do with my, because with my career and people wanted me to coach. I didn't really want to do that. So instead of coaching, I just took the principles that I would have coached and opened up additional practices. Started in Nebraska because that's where I grew up. So that's your affinity market right there. I knew those people. I knew where to go, what, how to talk to them. Uh, once that took off, then we set our sights on bigger markets and cooler markets, you know, and ended up in Denver. So right now we've got office, we've got practices in New Mexico, Nebraska, and Colorado, and we've got about six or seven locations total. We're in Lincoln in Nebraska. We're in uh, Colorado Springs, Grand Junction, Colorado, Las Cruces, New Mexico. We've got about 86 employees and about 35 attorneys on the team. Excellent. Thank you for all those, those details. Well, that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. Especially for like divorce, family law specifically. That's a good size. It's a good size practice. So everyone listening, if you're watching, you can see the bottom of the screen. If you're listening, it's coloradolegalgroup.com. If you want to check out David and his firm. He's got other domains, so but he said this one was a, a decent one to, to check out and start with, coloradolegalgroup.com. I think you also have newmexicolegalgroup.com if someone wants to check and that Nebraska out. NebraskaLegalGroup.com, yeah. And it, there's a there's I a like the consistency there. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the easiest way. And as we you and I talked about, I love it when attorneys reach out to me. So we I've I've really you know, met so many people from doing podcasts and some people I actually end up having business relationships. I'm doing a mediation site with an attorney I met on here. And I'm always happy to talk to anybody with any questions, especially in my niche practice. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I encourage that with everyone. If you want to reach out to an attorney that's been on here, if you see this on LinkedIn live or comment and you want to connect with someone, let me know. I'll, I'll make sure that connection is made. So definitely want to have those referral partners connected and, and things like that too. So, um, and I think we have, a, this goes out to a list of like 3000 plus great. attorneys on our email newsletter. So, you know, again, 
if you need a connection, you can message me like LinkedIn. Uh, I'll I'll figure out how to connect you with David or anyone else that that's been on the show. So I appreciate that. So tell me more about you know you know we talked a little bit backstage. You know what you're doing to your firm. So you have the multiple offices in different states. What's really been the big thing for you that's been successful? We talked about you mentioned acquisition and some of the things, but what what's some of the things that attorneys that maybe listen and say, "Oh, I've never done that or never thought about that." And what are some of those things that you've seen that are kind of aha moments for you? Yeah, one of the things I think that is important uh, that a lot not a lot of people talk about is growth mindset. And uh, if, if that's a cool topic, we can talk about that a little bit. Because what happens, you know, I, I talk to a lot of attorneys that want to do what I do. And then the minute they get into what that entails, they kind of run away from that. You know, the truth of the matter is, is that growing a law practice is really 90% mental, 10% mental. It's all mental. There's never a good time for it. And so, you know, if you really want to drive your growth, you've got to be in, in really close contact with your own data. And I think that's the thing that's really revolutionized for us. We know exactly how many leads we're going to get, how many of those we're going to convert, how many we need, and that allows us to grow forward. And you got to understand that sometimes you're going to take a step backwards or two steps backward to go 10 steps forward. So you might have a little bit of impact on your cash flow and you got to be willing to bear that. And so, you know, that's one way to do it. The other thing that you and I talked about earlier that no one is really doing is growth by acquisition. Um, we just did this last month in Colorado. We were hiring an attorney in a small who was living in a smaller town and was going to come down and manage in Colorado Springs. She had an active practice. We evaluated the market, and her, the problem was she just didn't really have the right skill sets to grow the practice. So we said, why don't we just buy that practice? We'll keep that open. You can manage the other one and we'll grow this one. That's when it, you can do it right. It's instant attorneys, instant infrastructure. She had a great reputation. So people should not be overlooking growth by acquisition. That's interesting. Okay, well, I'm going to tie those two things together a little bit. So mind's, growth mindset. I think the biggest thing I see, and this is hard, it's hard for anyone, especially depending on where you are. You get a little success and you get comfortable and you're like, yeah. You, even though you're like, yeah, I want to, I want to crush it. I want to take over the world. I want to make a hundred million dollars. And then you get, and you make 10 grand a month or 20 grand a month or whatever it is that you personally feel like, Oh, this is plenty. And then you, you back off and you might go say again, Oh, I want to crush it. I'm going to do it until you, you kind of get there again. And you're like, ah, you know, I'm good. You don't continue to do the things you don't really want what you're saying you want. You don't really want the success or the, the money that you say you do. And so it's easy to back off. You get comfortable, you have kids, you do other, you know, things start to happen in your life and you're not really trying to get where you, you said you were. So it's hard to apply those things over and over again and, and really have that mindset. If you have the passion and you really want those things, you'll move mountains for it, right? So, well, I mean, I, I agree with that a hundred percent, but I would like your listeners to think of it in a different way. You know, growth is is not an option like people think that it is. I heard someone say quite a while ago, if you're not growing, you're dying. And what I mean by that is, yes, you can grow yourself to a very comfortable, comfortable practice. But the problem is if you become complacent, that's ultimately going to be the death knell of your law practice because your attorneys don't want that. They want to make more money. They want to go forward. They want to be an owner. It, there's, 
you have got to keep moving your practice forward, even if you don't want to. And I think that's a hard lesson for people to learn. But I've seen many, many firms, five or six attorneys, they don't pay attention to what the needs of their really high billing, talented attorneys need. And they turn around one day and they're down to two attorneys, one attorney. It can be an existential threat. So yes, it's great if you're passionate about it, but you've got to have some growth plan or you could be in in danger of losing your entire practice. A hundred percent. And I think like kind of what you said there, if you look at my vision for my company, it even mentions like a monetary goal, like hundred, we want to be at a hundred million by 2030. And that's kind of our plan, but it ties to, you know, we want to create unlimited opportunities here. Well, my team, my staff, someone I hired this year or last month, how are they going to see where they're going if we're not growing and how are they going to be in a C-level position or, or even have a C-level at all? Because if you don't grow, you're not going to have, like a law firm, it's not going to have a COO and a CEO and all those things unless you've really taken to the next level. So your team needs to know that you're going places and you're going to bring them along with, for the ride and that they see growth opportunities for them. And so, yeah, you got to think about everybody, your family, their families, your clients, everybody, right? Yeah, you I, I, yeah. I, I would be, you know, say it in a way that it's almost like you have to market to your own team. You know, you, you have to send messages to your team about where you're going with your leadership. And many, many attorneys we've recruited away from other law firms, this is their mantra. They don't, they, there's no transparency. They don't know where they're going. And I'm telling you, it's one of the biggest risks you run as, as a managing uh, partner. And if people believe in your mission and your goals, they're going to help you attain them. So they're going to help you get to those goals. And that's, you need to have that wired in through everybody. Hey, this is where we're going. This is where we're going. How, you're helping us go there. And they can actually get behind that and say, okay, let's push. And the, and the leaders will rise up and then you can promote them to run different offices or in our case, different agencies and things like that. Right. So, uh, but you're constantly creating that. And, and, and the person that doesn't fit stands out like a sore thumb real quick. They're not pulling their right. weight, not working extra. They're not going hard. And then everyone goes, Hey, what about this person's not a fit here. And so, you know, and, and it's not always just money too, right? They might want leadership, you know, opportunities. They might want to travel. They want to move, you know, whatever it may be. If you got that much going on, they can fit into any of that stuff. So, yeah. No. And I, w- I would tell people that they don't need to box themselves in with this normal, you know, conceived structure about how a, t- a firm should be structured. You don't have to make someone a partner. You know, one of the big things we do is we pay people like partners. So, yes, we're not giving equity. We're not in a position in some of these locations to do an equity kind of play, but they they have uh, compensation directly tied to revenue. So they get paid like a partner that really makes a big difference. And then it's kind of like what you talked about. If you can align what they're looking for more directly with their position, you're going to get a lot more satisfied uh, and you're going to have a lot more longevity with your attorneys. Yeah. And uh, right now what we've, we've done, and this is a known thing, our John Robbins, uh, how to manage, he, he mentions this, a lot of other people, uh, it's not like a new thing, but you know, having a conversation with your team members about their personal, professional, and financial goals, and then noting that down. And so every year you go, hey, you said you wanted to to hit these goals. How can we help you get to those goals? You know, are we yeah. paying, what, what kind of pay do you want to be at in five years, three years, one year? 
what do you want leadership? Do you not want leadership? And, and, and kind of have those conversations to say, if we're going to hit our goals, we can help you hit your goals. And then, you know, everybody's happy. <laughs> so You don't run a law practice. So you run your company like a normal company does. A law firm is no different than any other business. And, that, and they, people have to disabuse themselves of that. It's no different than selling widgets. And you've got to, you do these, I'm glad to hear you guys are doing these kind of personal development components on your team because it is just unfathomable how important that is. You know, with business, it's easy to get wrapped up in the business and you're just doing the work and all these things go to the side, you know, they just never happen. And, and I think everyone's always looking for the secret and blah, blah. And the, the secret that I've found is, and I've paid lots of money, hundreds of thousands, probably a million on consultants and training and all kinds of crap. Just like, what's, what's the, the secret to all this stuff? And the reality is there's a whole list of crap that you need to do and you got to do all of it. And you have to keep pushing and, and doing the right things. But it's there's a lot of things you have to do. So there's not like one thing that's going to just solve it all for you. Having you on the on the call as a marketer is great. I mean, we've got to talk about marketing. But yes, we do. I, I want to <laughs> talk about a little bit about talent, because that seems to be the biggest challenge right now in running and growing law practices. I don't I think every industry is getting hit. Divorce is getting hit really hard. Uh, by this. And so, you know, the idea of how you recruit people, how you retain people is becoming increasingly and increasingly important. And one of the things that we've learned that I'd like to share is we've given up on, oh, I shouldn't say given up, but we don't focus on motivating our employees. Rather, we look for internally motivated employees. And so that's what we're looking for. When I'm doing now interviews, with attorneys, I want to know a lot about their upbringing, how they got to be where they're going to be. And what I'm looking for is not their answer of like, why are you a, why are you have grit? Why are you smart? Whatever. I'm looking at what they've done, not what they say. You know, an example of this, I'm, I'm, I was contemplating hiring a young woman as an attorney. She told me her story and she was driving two hours each way on a commute every day to go to night school to get her law degree mm -hmm. while raising kids. And I'm like, okay, that person has what it takes um, to get through this and to do what's necessary. And it's nothing she told me, it's what she's demonstrated. And we have found that to be one of the best indicators of whether that person is going to do a good job on your team. I, I love that. I think that's, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You were mentioning, um, you know, some of that, the, uh, backstage uh, about retaining these attorneys and, and especially with the divorce side right now with like you said, kind of like the impacts of kind of like the, the uh, like COVID and stuff like that. And what kind of what you're dealing with there. So touch on that a little bit in your space and what the impacts you're seeing right now. And then we'll get into some marketing. I'd love to hear what other attorneys have to say about this. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. You know, we all went through the pandemic, but I honestly, for us, we have more fallout post-pandemic than we did during the pandemic. During the pandemic, 
you know, divorce practices, we didn't have to close. I mean, we had to make the pivot to, you know, working remotely, but we were never closed down. We were essential services. And I feel like the attorneys kind of hunkered down to the best of their ability and got through it. And now we're coming out the back end and everybody's just out of gas. We've had turnover, which we never have. And it's mostly because attorneys are completely stressed out uh, and they're looking for a way out. So I call 2023 the year of divorce attorneys becoming estate planning attorneys because that's what everybody's doing uh, because they think it's a less stressful. And I'll give you that. It is less stressful. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's got to be a better way to do that. So we're paying a lot more attention to the psychological and emotional well-being of our attorneys, even if that's just sitting down and saying, how you doing? How you feeling? What seems harder than it should? You know, those kind of questions. They won't tell you that. They're not going to offer. If you say, how you doing? Yeah. They'll say, Kevin, I'm doing great. And you know they're not. You got to ask questions like, Kevin, what feels harder than it should be? What's keeping you up at night? What do you worry about? You know, you've got to ask questions that make them answer uh, so you can get into it. And um, yeah, unfortunately, it's been pretty hard to watch. The younger attorneys are getting really hit hard by this. Uh, they're coming out of, you know, many of them have never even been in court. They've had trials online and all that. They're coming into the real world and it is super stressful. So we're paying attention to that now in a way that we never have in the past. Well, that's interesting. Um, I'd like, you know, investigate that more myself and, and hear from others as well. So if you're seeing this now, you comment, you know, about that. If you, if you have the same experience or you're seeing that in your practice, if you're a divorce attorney and you're, you're seeing that yourself, I think one of the things... And what you just said was perfect because we do one-on-ones with our, our employees every week. So, so if it's a manager, it won't be me. It'll be someone else. But it, when we first started doing it probably four or five years ago, we kind of saw that they're just convert. It's just, Hey David, how's it going? Good. And then you start talking about work. So yeah. anyway, let's talk about this process. And so we had to restructure the questions and say, you know, exactly what you just said. Hey, look, seriously, what are you doing at home? What's, what's going on? And you know, what's cool things that you've been up to? Like you have to start having like, okay, tell me real stuff. And, and yeah, Hey, I, I saw you, you're, you look tired more than usual. Is there anything, you know, you got to kind of dig deeper. Uh, Cause if you just say, how, how are you doing? It's almost like an automatic response. Like, yeah. Oh, great. Perfect. You know, I know business owners that say that every time and they're struggling like crazy in their businesses. They just always say, yep, yeah, everything's good. You know? <laughs> well, I think that's because that question is meant to just be a almost a rhetorical question in, in daily life. If you say okay, anything yeah. else than "Hey, I'm doing good," people kind of think you're an ass, you know. So it's like, yeah, and you don't want to be the Debbie Downer. Right, well, right. it's not great, you know, or that person that's always having a bad day. But so I think yeah, people are just wired to say, "Good, well, great." So yeah, you got to dig deeper and and find out what's really going on. And so I think that's important. To not just do one-on-ones, that's definitely a good thing for your business. If you don't know that, <laughs> have one-on-ones. But then you have to do it the right way and, and have a structure for it that, that makes sense too. So Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Cool. Well, let's talk about kind of what you're going on. So you have all these different markets, different websites. You're growing different firms. You're, you're acquiring other ones, which I think that's a beautiful idea to think about. Acquiring someone that's got a position in a place that has a reputation, that knows people there. They just don't want to run a business. Perfect acquisition to make. And I'm sure there's plenty of opportunities in a lot of little pockets, these small areas. So I think that's a genius plan. Um, what are you all doing that's working for, for marketing? How are, you, how are you generating 
these leads. You said you have all the metrics and the data. You can predict kind of what you're going to bring in. So let's share yeah. a little bit with some of these other sure. firm owners uh, what you're doing. Yeah. And when I do this, I like to kind of share the actual nuts and bolts and some of the numbers um, from a practical standpoint so people can actually use this stuff. We're, you know, we're generally relying on three pillars, which is uh, pay-per-click advertising, primarily on Google, social media, and SEO. And we do some other stuff, but that's where the big spends are. We probably spend the most on PPC. So to give your listeners an idea, because a lot of people say, well, how do we know how much to spend? What's, what's the spend? I can tell you it varies, of course. And direct-to-consumer stuff like divorce, bankruptcy, I think you're going to spend more. Uh, PI is probably going to spend the most. Last year, we spent, yeah, last year we spent about 7% of our gross on marketing. And we gross about $11 million a year. So it's not, you know, inconsequential. We have over a million dollar uh, marketing budget, uh, but that's what we're finding. PPC for me is still the quickest way to clients and, but it is fraught with peril. So you've got to find somebody that does, do you guys do PPC stuff? We do PPC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you can. I understand through, exactly what you're talking about. It's, yeah, it's you can pay like... through thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars of marketing with no clients if you got some idiot running your PPC. So PPC quickest way. SEO is a great investment, and it's still a great investment, and especially depending on where you are in the market. That's all, like you said, technical and content driven. And then social media is a bit harder of a nut to crack. I don't think social media is going to blow you up the way people think it will, but it's definitely a channel with positive ROI that can have lasting effects, you know? And so those are really our three things, but we are just merciless when it comes to data. So no matter how sexy the idea is, if it doesn't convert, we kill it immediately. And that can be hard to do because you feel really smart until your idea doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I'm always big on talking about uh, strategy. Like it's having a strategy. And uh, so a lot of places, a lot of agencies, a lot of law firms, you know, like, eh, I just want to get some of this, some of that, a little bit of everything. And a lot of agencies will just be like, yeah, I can sell you PPC and blah, 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 blah. But what's the strategy? What's the point? What's the goals? What's, what are we expecting? Where are they now? To even figure out what makes sense for them. And so PPC, yeah, it's got issues. You can drive a lot of traffic and spend a lot of money. You can get a lot of low-level crap real quick. And Google will take your money and spend it if you don't know what you're doing. So if you don't have someone that's well-versed and up to speed, you can just blow all your money. And then you might have an intake problem too. Tons of calls. They're not a fit. You're hiring extra intake people. You know, I've had clients that have had those problems in the past. So I think it's having the right strategy to, to have the right mix of those things. Because we might have a client that's like, Kevin, I need calls now, today. Like we've lost a million in revenue this past 12 months. I'm going to have to let people go. Like we need help now. Okay. Well, I wouldn't say, well, all right, we're going to go long SEO routes. Start writing content <laughs> yes. and, and build a new site and all this stuff. Like they need PPC, retargeting ads. And we have to have a strategy that's going to get their phone ringing while allowing us to hopefully start to invest in the long term to get get their foundation back in place. Usually they've lost SEO is why they have this suffering because yeah. they just, they were there. They, you know, Google allowed them to rank 
and then they they rest on their laurels and they go holy crap what happened our phone stopped ringing well google rolled out an update and your spammy crap content or your old website isn't going to cut it anymore and now you're scrambling to, to try to come back from that and so that's what we see usually as a problem and so now ppc is the only way they can rely on or the only thing they can rely on yeah i agree with a drug they can't get off it oh it's making the phone ring and then they can't spend more spend more spend more and they never invest in the the other things so yeah let it it might be interesting to talk about what we both think are the critical components of each step of that so you know if, if you're running an ad campaign i'm sure you've seen this on paid search you know you got to be sending that traffic to a custom landing page for various Absolutely. reasons it's going to convert way higher you line up the messaging and you can track it it's an absolute must you you cannot be a digital do any digital marketing without that right then where are you going to send the leads so um i can save the listeners a ton of time and heartache by saying we researched all matter management software we found clio to be the best most effective most integrated for marketing and then we use another program that integrates with that called Lawmatics, mm-hmm. and that actually manages our leads. And we think so highly of these two products that we've actually been on podcasts for Clio and for Lawmatics talking about how we use them. So I think those are essential. Do you have any thoughts on from you know yeah. where you're sending leads to where you're how you're integrating into your practice? Yeah, absolutely. So to back you up on what you said, so if we're gonna do any let's say PPC ads, uh, Google ads for one, if anyone's listening, you have a budget, say you're going to spend a thousand dollars a month. We'll just make that up. Well, the, how your ad is written and the copy and the keywords and targeting, you'll get an ad score, right? And then where you're sending that, the click, right? is going to go to a page. A lot of people send them to their homepage or a practice area page or whatever, which has got all kinds of other opportunities for them to go somewhere else. And you're going to get a landing page score. If I have an ad that's for divorce attorney Denver and I send them to a landing page, that's a homepage for a law firm. That's, Hey, we do divorce. We also do criminal and also do it's not specific. So Google gives you a, a score and goes, okay, this landing page is not very specific. It's slow. It's, it's big. And so the lower your scores, the more you pay per click which means your budget just got diminished and you can't compete with the other folks. So you have to send them to a very specific landing page. And if you have like a thousand ads, have a thousand landing pages, if you have to, like they should be very specific to the ad itself and the keyword they search. Not even if it's like divorce versus family law, there should be totally different landing pages. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's simply an auction. And you have to bid less to get the keyword than your competitor if you've got better experience. Yeah, um, so you want to look at your ad quality and your landing page quality, get those as high as you possibly can, and that's going to give you the best chance. And then sending them, yes, how you're going to convert them, whether it's a form, use call rail for a phone call tracking, Yep. Um, and then get them right into your, your CRM or system that you're using for your practice. Clio, nothing but good things. And Lawmatics, we have clients that use those too. Yeah. Uh, those two are probably the most, you know, the prevalent that I hear about. So, and attorneys need to to know that when you're you talked about call tracking, call rail, which is what we use as well. 
those parameters need to be set up in call rail because you don't want to count a lead if it's we set it i think it's two minutes is what we set the call at to qualify as a lead because Excellent. you know a lot of people just call it's the wrong thing and they could be calling on a bad ad or you're getting the wrong traffic and you're like oh we have all these leads but you don't those are hang-ups or 20 second phone calls uh so that's important so Kevin, once once they come in, you know, once they they come in to the pipeline, then you've got to have a team that is handling those cases, whether it's re replying to a form that's coming in or calling immediately. Uh, I'll give a tip right now: you better have texting capability because nobody answers their phone anymore. So we have automations in our marketing that if we call and they don't answer then they automatically get moved and it fires off not only an email, but a text because we require their phone number. And so we're able to get in touch with people by texting. Uh, it's just insane. If you would have told me that you'd be texting clients 10 years ago, 20 years, I would have thought you were <laughs> insane, but that's the reality of it. No. Uh, yeah. So just getting the contact is that costs you a bunch of money, right? You set all the ads up, you're spending money, you got the landing pages. And then what happens after it comes in? And I think, that's one of the things that we check in for clients. Like I, I've called a client just to check in to get back in touch with them for something. Say I'm like calling you and I get the worst like phone tree and like I can hear a thousand people at a call center that you know, you know, is not the law firm. And, and I'm like, Hey, um, we're about to start marketing for you. And that was terrible. Like I would not hire you for anything and you need to fix that like right away. And so not yeah. just looking at what the marketing companies might be, if you're an agency, right? Or a marketer, you owe it to the client to shop them, to go, what's the experience like? Cause I can send David a thousand leads today and he dropped the ball in all of them. He is not going to look at me and say, I've done a good job. So you have to tighten up that process. You have to yeah. get folks, you know, and if you're small, I, I just had the episode will be live before this one, but. Jill's it's like a call center. That's all they do is for attorneys. And if you can't afford to hire all the folks in place, there's all kinds of options out there to get instant phone pickups from people that are professional that will even convert it for you if, if you need to, at least to the next step. Yeah. And track that information. But you you gotta have the tight process for this hundred percent. Yeah. Well, since we can't do a Joe Rogan style podcast, <laughs> I'm gonna just uh, there's a lot we could talk about, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some just unusual things that we've discovered in parsing through the data. You know, we've looked at sites, we've looked at other firm sites as well. And well, let me, let me back up. So there, there's a couple of major mistakes that we see people making, and that is, you know, not doing paid consults, doing free consults, and they'll argue and argue and argue. And the data is the data. When you do, when you do a free consult, you're going to convert about 25% of your leads if you're lucky. We do paid consults in all of our locations. It's a one hour. It's usually around $275. And we're going to convert pretty close to 60% of those. So do the math. You know, a lot of people are drowning themselves in free consults. It's just a bad idea. The other thing that where people are making mistakes I agree and I and I disagree with this advice. You'll hear a lot of marketers say, hey, Kevin, this doesn't need to be fancy. Just pull out your iPhone, shoot a video, and you're good to go. Okay. Sometimes that's okay, right? But if you've got a, a marketing video that's shitty or you've got a terrible photograph of yourself up, I'll give you an example. We looked at a we looked at 
ad campaign that was running for a firm that had, they had no, they had a terrible, like an, a, just a not well done photograph. And you looked at that versus if you tested it against an ad with no photograph, well, the no photograph ad vastly outperformed the ad with a bad photo and same yeah. thing with video. So if you're, yeah, if yeah. you're using a landing page video, it better be professional looking and it better sound professional because uh, you will lose clients um, by doing that. So, hey, Great you want to go over Instagram and put whatever you want to put on there. Yeah, YouTube, if you want to go on YouTube and just record a little, you know, yeah. any kind of the personal content like, hey, this is Kevin. I'm here talking about this or, hey, this is David. I want to come talk about, you know. Yeah. A divorce tip, you know, that's that's totally cool, but not a landing page. Yeah. Yeah. My my wife runs a retail business on Instagram and yeah, she just picks up her phone, shoots the video, puts a caption, and she's done dealing, right? It's like a two-minute deal. Um, and that works great. It's just not something we can do. So yeah, yeah there's you, a time you, you're, you're paying for that click. You know, you, you gotta do whatever you can to get them to take action. What's what do you want them to do when they're there? Yeah. And then and that should right. only be to fill out this form or call or whatever, or if you have a chat, you know, whatever it may be, focus on that one thing you want them to do. Yeah. And you gotta, you know? and you gotta maximize it. The other thing that I would say where, where I see a, a big misunderstanding about customer behavior, and this is when people come in and they do a consult with you or they do it over zoom or whatever, but you're not hired immediately. All right. So the, a lot of attorneys just think, okay, well, that person met with me. They must not have liked me and they're not gonna pick me. That is absolutely not true. What most people are doing is simply putting off the hiring decision. So another must, we talked about having a landing page as a must. Another must is a follow-up process for clients who meet with you and they don't hire you. Uh, the way we do it, as soon as they walk out, if they don't uh, hire us, they get an email from me that says, thank you for the consult and my special offer. And what that says is I bill at $495 an hour. I will answer any question you have about that lawyer, the process, anything you didn't understand for free. And uh, when we get those, we don't get a lot of people that take me up, but when they do, we answer them. And it's almost a hundred percent higher after that. And then we've had people, you know, 30 days, six months, a year, coming back to us and hiring from that original console. We don't stay in front of them for a year, but we stay in front of them for a long time with value add communications that are not pitchy. It's got a little call to action at the bottom, you know, and it's a must. You must do that. I, no, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's a good point. It's bringing it kind of, you know, full circle. Again, you, you paid for them to come there or whatever. If it was SEO, you, you paid for that to happen, right? So, you get the lead, you get the click, you get them to fill out a form or call, and then you 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 meet with them. And then, yeah, so you can't stop there. You got to have the follow-up. You have to have some systems in place, whether it's a phone call, email, mix it up. We I use HubSpot and have workflows. And yeah. so it, we hit them for probably a year, actually. And if, if not, we move them to like a free content email that we send out, and it's just marketing tips and information and, you know, you don't know when they're ready. They might not have been ready when they, they talk to you, especially right. in divorce, right? People take a long time to maybe go, okay, I'm finally going to take the next step and do this. I'd say it's even more crucial to have a follow-up sequence for social media intake because social media is more top of funnel. Those, mm -hmm. and what we mean when we say that is 
They're just at the very top of the decision making, right? The opposite of that is PPC, where they're usually a hot client ready to hire somebody. Um, but you got to be all over the funnel, top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, and you know, bottom of the funnel. Yeah, and sometimes they're gonna, you know, they might be down in the middle, and then they're they're back up at the top, and you're trying to get them and hit them that way. So, yeah, so exactly what you're saying is like, yeah, SEO and PPC, they're they're closer to the, the bottom. Your website is like the tip of the spear in this case, because if they search divorce attorney Denver the intent of that search and that's something that we focus on almost exclusively here is intent i want to get david high intent searchers that are want to so they either click on google ad or they click on a on organic right yeah but they weren't searching for how do i become a divorce attorney and you show up you don't want that right they have the, that's a that's not something that you want right and so high intent they're in the buying phase uh, on social media, you're just, you know, you're trying to get out to people that maybe done a search or they just married. You're just very high funnel stuff. All right. Yeah. Our experience is that some of these marketing channels are not playing as nice as they used to. So Facebook is making it harder to see your data. It's making it harder for you to target uh, people. They have big objections to targeting certain mm -hmm. things happening in people's lives like divorce. That's been challenging. I'm sure you saw the Google algorithm update recently that just is all over the place. I got on there a couple of weeks ago and there was one paid search result on the search. There was all this other crap that was at the bottom. I mean, it's just been a nightmare. So we're kind of working through the that post you know, algorithm update. But I, I got an article I'll share with you. I just shared it with my team last week. Cost, PPC, cost up leads down so they're google's taking your money yep more of it than usual and the leads are, are down conversions are down so and that's across the board and i you know we have some clients right now they're like hey i can't see my ads and you know why can't i see my ads as much and obviously there's a lot of reasons for that but sometimes you can't see your own ads it depends on where you're searching from but we have seen some odd things happening so we're constantly trying to figure out what's happening with that i just Again, I'll share an article with you um, after this, but and I'll put it in the comments once this comes out live. But yeah, but yeah, there's definitely some things you got to be. You can't just think the way things work now are going to be the thing, the way they work next week or next year. So if you're like yeah, I mean, crushing yeah. it on Facebook ads today, like that can't be what gets you. You know, so it's not going to crush it for you forever. So you have to be willing to take in new data and pivot if you need to. So. Yeah, it's wild. When you look at the revenue generated by Google ad, you know, PPC, to, to think that they have to be greedier than that is pretty shocking, but that's what they're doing, man. I mean, we yes. just got off looking at a market off of off a meeting that said we spent 7% more this year than last year and our leads are less. Like we're getting less leads, we're getting less impression share. So they're playing a lot of games and um yeah. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be ready for it and putting everything in one basket, it can be super dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, we know with Google um, and AI and all this other stuff, uh, Google's going to be changing kind of how Google looks and, you know, we play in the SEO space that they could change how the results show up or what it looks like and, and just destroy a lot of, a lot of that. So we'll talk about it. You gotta be willing to pivot. Anxiety. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, David, I mean, you, you shared a ton. Obviously, you have a lot of insight and knowledge. You're growing an awesome firm. You're you're running it like a business. 
So just a ton of good things here. Uh, we definitely see eye to eye and, and, and follow a lot of the same uh, philosophies, but hopefully everyone can learn a lot from what you've had to share here already. We could probably just talk all day, I'm sure. Uh, maybe we jump on again and, and talk about some different topics too, but anything else you'd like to cover with the audience today? I'm trying to think. I'd, I always like to leave people with a with a good gem, but uh, what's a good gem? Yeah, give us a good a good oh, takeaway. Now, now you're going to put me on the spot. I'll share just a couple of tools I think that have been transformative for us. So, guys, you know, if you're getting to the size where you're starting to struggle with your admin, your human like your benefits and human relations stuff, a wonderful platform is um, Bamboo HR. It is probably the best value add software we're using, and it allows us to manage. It it is a phenomenal piece of software. So check that out. We Bamboo. switched over that a few years ago, and um, it, it really helps for the smooth operations. You know, from an operational standpoint. So Excellent. I know that's not the sexiest thing in the world, but man, it is. It HR, is. Uh, it well, is I'll add to that is another option. We used to have. We have, we have an internal bookkeeper, we had a CPA, and then we had uh, like a benefits person, and then we had our health insurance person, and it was all, all over the place. And yeah. then we have our, our attorneys and, and all that stuff. So we switched to Insperity. So Insperity is like national, big, huge company. They do our payroll, our benefits, health insurance, retirement plans, everything in one portal, payroll, seamless. And now we just have a financial administrator and of course we still have our CPAs and stuff like that, but it took a lot of things that we kind of had all over the place and just put them in one place and they completely cover you for everything. So we have employees in like 10 States, right? So they, they take care of all that compliance, all the crap that we didn't really understand. So that's another good one. Uh, so bamboo and Sparity, you know, whichever one makes more sense for you, but yeah, that's yeah. my uh, recommendation too. So yeah. Well, Kevin, thank you so much. And I'm going to take a look for the, uh, the links you're going to post. And, and uh, yeah. this, has been, this has been awesome, man. And hopefully we can do it again. No, yeah. It's not that we got a lot more we can cover. Um, you know, always trying to bring value to, uh, to the listeners. So if I can bring value, I'll bring people back and, and have other conversations. So uh, I appreciate your insight and congrats on your success so far. But of course, you got the right mindset. So you're, you're not stopping yet. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. All right, cool. Well, hang on with me. Chat uh, real quick backstage. Everyone else, if you're live on the video, the link down below that's scrolling by the bottom, you can go to well, ArrayDigital.com or This Is Array, the podcast. We have, I think, 250, almost 260 live episodes. We have a bunch in the hopper. So managing partners from every state and every practice area, if you're looking for that specific type of content and experts too. So we've had Ben Glass, Ken Hardison, you name it. So we're, we're looking to bring other experts in from industry as well. And so not just attorneys, but, you know, I just had the, the call center folks that came on to share about how they, they help attorneys. So anything you want to see, new content or guests that you recommend, or if you you think you'd be a good guest, please reach out. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn and I'll respond to you. David, they can connect with you on LinkedIn as well. I think that's where we chatted. Uh, but you can check out coloradolegalgroup.com or David, you're just David Crum on 
LinkedIn? On, on LinkedIn, I think it's David Crumb ESQ. Yeah, I, there's only me and some other dude who's like House of Representatives named David Crumb. Um, okay, don't and, talk about that guy. <laughs> yeah, don't talk about that guy. But uh, yeah, and I'm I'm sincere when I say this. Um, this is one of the things I enjoy most about being involved in this industry, meeting with other people. I love being in mastermind groups and and just chatting with people. Uh, even if they have a question for me, I usually learn something from them. Uh, when we talk about it. So don't hesitate to reach out. 100%. That's why I do this, right? I get to learn and add to it if I can. So absolutely. Cool. David, well, thank you so much for joining me. Everyone else have a great day. Get out there, get that mindset right and go crush it and grow your law firm. It's your duty and obligation. We've been recording this podcast free of charge for years. Hopefully you're getting amazing value out of it. We don't ask for much, but would you do us one favor? Would you tell just one person about this podcast? If you get any value whatsoever, all we ask, and we'd greatly appreciate it, is share the podcast with one person just like you.